Hello and welcome to Northern Natter with me, Katie Williams. And me, Katie Baggett. This is the podcast that celebrates local journalism and proves you don't need to move to London to be a journalist. In this episode, we'll be chatting to publishing director at Harper North, Genevieve Pegg, author Lauren Aitchison, and creative producer and writer Bridget Hamilton about writing and how to get into publishing in the North. Hello everyone and welcome to Northern Natter. In this episode we are joined by Genevieve, Lauren and Bridget and today we want to celebrate the talent that we have in Scotland and the north of England because we know a lot of journalists want to write a book. (laughs) So this is part one of how to get published and our guests know all about that. I'm Genevieve Pegg. I'm Publishing Director at Harper North. We're one of the newest imprints of HarperCollins based in Manchester, looking for books from the North for the world. Yeah, uh, my name is Bridget Hamilton. I am a writer and a creative producer, and I predominantly work with young people uh, with New Writing North. Lovely. And Lauren? Um, Yeah, my name is Lauren Aitchison, and I live in Edinburgh, but I'm originally from Perthshire, and I'm writing my first book book whilst being on the Penguin Random House Right Now programme. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like in my head now I was just like reflecting on when I was a child I was like oh I really want to like write a book when I'm older. Um, so I think a question for all three of you would be uh, why do you think publishing a book is a goal for so many people? Uh, Lauren do you want to go first? Sure um, I was the same when I was younger um, but I was an extremely cynical child so I was also still a child when I was like that's not realistic I need to get a real job. Um, I don't know if it's something about writing seems like very accessible when you're a child like I just need paper and a pen and then I send it off to a publisher and they say excellent and they print the pages and it gets put in a bookshop and it just seems like a very simple process and very accessible when you're younger compared to other creative ventures I think and I think there's just something you said for validation as well you just want people to approve of your work Um, and if you are a big reader which I think all writers surely are it's just having your name alongside other people's and being remembered there with some of your favorites I think exactly how about you Genevieve I think there's probably kind of two questions there I think there's sort of why anyone writes wants to write a book and also why it's a particular calling for so many journalists. And I mean, I'm an editor and a publisher, so I suppose I'm bound to talk about, you know, the power of writing and the things we all believe in and, you know, what it does for me. And I think so many other readers, you know, how it helps us understand the world and learn things and share experiences and, you know, explore dark things in safe structures sometimes. And also just some flipping great escapism. Um, But I think why perhaps journalists get pulled towards that is, is probably because it's it's when you spend your working life sort of understanding that conjunction of why writing and publishing are different in some ways and and writing can be sort of personal and cathartic and therapeutic but then when you cross over into publishing it's it's writing for an audience it's writing to connect with readers and obviously that's something that every journalist has to do sort of in in, in everything they do um yeah i totally agree with uh, both of you and i, I think i've always wanted to be a writer my main uh, goal when I was in primary school was to be able to touch type like Mrs Berry the secretary um which I've definitely achieved now so I've kind of like made that goal um 
Writing, I think, can be quite isolating. And um, naturally, I think as humans, we have this want to put our story out into the world in some form, um, whether that's fiction or nonfiction or just storytelling or stand up, you know, every kind of um, artistic medium has a bit of your, yourself there in some way. Um, and they kind of say everyone's got a book in them. And I would imagine that if you're already in that sphere and you have a little bit of understanding of the industry, um, obviously fiction publishing and non-fiction public publishing is very different from, from journalism. But if that's already your bread and butter, if you're already doing that in some way, then I would imagine that um, writing a book and having a book published seems like less of a lofty goal, more of something that's maybe more achievable. And I think it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice would you give to people then if maybe they have just thought, you know, oh, it's just not something that I can do. Maybe they haven't um, been, maybe they haven't explored journalism. Um, Maybe they are creative in some way, but something might be holding them back because I feel that, I mean, so I usually write quite like short form, like short form journalism. Um, Maybe just over a thousand words is probably like a longest piece for me. So the idea of a book it just seems far too big. Um, even going back to like my uni days, I didn't even touch a dissertation because I was like, that's too many words for me. I went down an uh, audio production route instead. <laughs> um, so what would, you, what would you say to those sort of people? You said that you think that everyone has a book in them. Do you think that still stands? I do. I think it does still stand. Um, I, I, was antag- I was agonising over this question to wonder um, what I could say. And the two things that came out for me Uh, was nothing about writing quality, nothing about previous experience of having done writing. Um, The only things that I could think of that are like steadfast qualities for for me was self-discipline and an idea that you want to see through. Um, So I've been writing for as long as I can remember, but a bit like you, Katie, always um, wanted, like never finding the thing that would take me through to a full book because I just lost momentum or ran out of fell out of love with the idea and it was only when I found an idea that I really couldn't stop writing about um coupled with the self-discipline and coupled with like the consistency uh, of wanting to to carry on with it that I managed to like push forward um, so if you find yourself with an idea that you really can't put down you know that wakes you up at night um, then I would say that is good territory for starting to think about those longer pieces of of writing can I ask what that idea for you was yeah so um I've uh just finished maybe last year last just in the end of lockdown I finished writing my dad's uh, memoir so uh when he passed away in 2018 I'd always said like long before oh you've had such an interesting life I'll write your your autobiography one day this this kind of dream um but then kind of faced with that grief and not knowing what to do with it, I kind of went, do you know what, I'm going to do it. Uh, so I researched uh, our family history. I went to Dublin. I got a freedom of information request for all of his records and um, all of our family records. I went to Paris. I knocked on the flat that he lived in for eight years. I went to the hotel that he worked at um, and all that kind of stuff to just kind of try and figure out who my dad was before he became my dad. Um, wow. And it was just such an amazing process that it was impossible for me not to see that through. Um, but before then, I'd been just like you, had so many ideas of, 
oh my God, I'm going to write a book about this person where he finds, you know, I was about to say where he finds a wardrobe in his house and goes through and it's another world. I was like, no, someone's done that. Someone's done that. Um, but, you know, I was full of ideas. Oh my God, I'm going to write a book about blah, blah, blah. And then you write either the beginning or the most exciting bit and then you just give up. Yeah. Um, so this like gave me the momentum to, to see it through. Um, the jury's still out as to whether I'll find anything else to write a second. Who knows? I'll have to do my mum next. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was the idea that really kind of did it for me. Oh, that's brilliant. I've always said I was going to do that about my nana. Do it. It's yeah. much easier when they're alive. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> so many things that you can't ask anymore. So I would, I would do it. It's absolutely great fun. Great fun. What about you, Lauren? So you are actually in the process of writing um a debut book which is very very exciting um so what advice would you give someone um a few things um my issue with kind of getting started was that I just kind of assumed that I should do it on my laptop because that's just how we work now but I kept getting so like bogged down and like fiddling with everything all the time so I ended up writing at least the first 10,000 words by hand which seems manic now but it just meant that I kept the flow going and rather than me wrestling with sentences and getting stuck so you've just got to find something that works for you and this is probably going to seem like a very uncool reference but the thing that I always think about is if anyone's familiar with Sister Act 2 Sister Act 2 is tremendous and Lauren Hill is in it and her, she wants to be a singer but her mum thinks that she should focus on her studies and so Whoopi Goldberg says to her that if you wake up in the morning and all you think about is singing then you're, then you're supposed to be a singer girl so, <laughs> so that's what I always think about is that that's what I was like when I was younger with writing and and I think it's sometimes okay to kind of know what your level is. I know that my book is not going to come out and it's not going to like probably win a million awards, but that's fine. Um, so I think it's kind of okay to be where you are. But just like you say, if, Bridget, if you have a, like an idea that you can't shake off, then that's the main thing. And I think it was um, the writer, Kerry Hudson. I'm so sorry if I'm misquoting her. She, ha I think she's had three books out now and I'm pretty sure it was her. Um, I heard say once that she's like not particularly good at spelling and grammar. She's like, that's not my job. <laughs> that's my editor's job. Um, so I think if you're also worried about that sort of thing, about the for nickety parts of writing that you are expected to be a genius at all levels, that's also not true. It's like very much like a team exercise and if you can't spell that's kind of that's your editor's problem <laughs> genuinely yeah. as, a, as an editor what would you say to that absolutely i mean i completely completely hear what lauren's saying because that's to me fundamentally writing is doing and when people say what makes a writer and well it's someone who sits down and writes and as you say it, it's it, you know the talking about it the thinking about it is so important but none of it happens unless you sit down and, and, and write and and get started and i think you know, you can break it down any way you like. And I often say, look, it's just, imagine if you did 300 words a day, that's a, that's a, that's a book in under a year. Um, you know, how many words do we put on Twitter on, you know, and text messages and things. Um, and it, it's just choosing where you put your words. But as part of that, like Lauren was saying, I would kind of sometimes say, don't, don't edit as you go along, because that's a reason to stop and go back a bit. I am a great advocate, and obviously every writer's method is different, but I'm a great advocate, and just getting it all out there on the page, 
you can play around with it, you can build it up, you can cut it down. But when you've got something, it gives you that immense confidence that you've done that. And you can always adjust. And, and as you say, you know, it takes a village and there'll be people around you that will help. But you're the only one who can kind of do that first bit of getting it from your head to the page. And then everyone can kind of come in and be your squad to help you with that. Definitely. Um, I think looking at like obviously writing is such a process and it's a different process for everyone. Um, do you find location uh, a big inspiration for writers? And do you think like where you come from kind of impacts your writing style? I don't want to go like too far down this rabbit hole that I'm about to begin, but um, I think there's probably the fact that I was very, from a young age, I should get, you know, a sensible job. And then I ultimately qualified as a journalist, which I almost think of as being separate from um, the book writing, which is because it's not what I, I do now. Um, but I think there's probably something to be said for the fact that I grew up like very working class, but very rural working class. Um, which is quite a strange environment to grow up in. So um, I would say that definitely impacted on whether it was a realistic thing for me to do. And honestly, it probably wouldn't have occurred to me unless my mum had made me <laughs> um, and been really encouraging. Um, the programme that I'm on with Penguin Random House, which I'm sure we'll cover a bit more of, um, we got invited to three workshops originally and all of them were in England. Um, but you can be from anywhere in the UK to go. So all of us had, no matter where we were from, had to travel to one of three spots in England, which could ultimately be quite expensive for people, etc. Um, so I, I think just the being far away from London, like I think what you're doing with the podcast is amazing because I think publishing is another one of these in industries that's just seen as like, if you're not in London, then forget it. Um, so I think just, yeah, being far removed from not just London, but a city environment, just sort of stopped the idea from being put in my head originally, like in the first place. Well, that's really interesting to hear. Uh, how about you, Bridget? Yeah, I agree with Lauren as well. I think there's kind of two ideas here. It's, it's the location that you're in, does that inspire your writing? But then once something is written, how does the location that you're in help you to kind of get, get going with, with your writing? Um, Similarly to Laura and I was, came, also came from quite a working class background, but more of a kind of London suburb. So I was born in Gravesend, which is about 20 miles out of central London, um, but very much like the commuter belt. Uh, so it was a strange mix, actually, because a very working class um, regularly featured on the, you know, like 50 crap towns in the UK type uh, type leaderboards, um, but also very close to London. So I kind of got to see you know, it's not abnormal for people from where I grow up to then work in London, you know, as a, as their job. But I think it has informed my writing in, in the way that I write is almost quite, it's quite gritty. It's quite industrial. Um, I like a sense of place. I like riversides. I like concrete. I like tower blocks, you know, that kind of stuff. But then I'm also, um, you know, I also have Irish citizenship. So a lot of my family come from Ireland so I also love writing about like 50 shades of green and like all of those sorts of different things as well um but I also have an interest in you know having been born in the southeast and then come up north there's definitely a, a, a disparate like there's definitely a divide between the kinds of options um that we have up here and just like where I am at the moment kind of looking for an agent like being on that query process 
if it wasn't for the pandemic, I would be thinking like, right, if somebody calls me for a meeting, I'm going to be on like the 7.59 train from Newcastle to London to, to meet them. And it has stopped me a little bit from being like, well, do I really want that? You know, would, would a different route, a Northern agent or self-publishing or something, give me a bit more agency where I'm not schlepping up and down, you know, from where I live, particularly at the age I am where I'm thinking about family and, you know, have lots of jobs and contracts up here. Um, so I do kind of, although there are amazing, you know, I work for New Writing North and, and will wax lyrical about it, you know, as long as I'm paid to, no, I'm joking, um, as long as I'm allowed, you know, but they're only one, one business, one organisation. Um, so I do think in terms of events, workshops, agents, competitions, we are a little bit disadvantaged in the North and I really, that's on the, the organisations to change, not us. We shouldn't have to move down to London in order to access those opportunities. Um, I mean, at the very least, putting a workshop in Scotland, if it's open to everyone in the UK, is a no-brainer. You know, also Scotland's way nicer. I'd rather go to Edinburgh or Glasgow or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they not, that, not that we and Lauren are biased, but Scotland is <laughs> <laughs> Well, they did. I think they did plan on changing it last year because that was like some of our major feedback because we got taken on in 2018. And that was obviously a huge piece of feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they did plan on doing one in each country um, instead the following year. But then obviously the pandemic hit. Um, so it ended up all being online anyway. Um, so mm-hmm. they did take the feedback. But um, like the closest one for me, I had to go to Liverpool and I lived near Inverness at the time. Like Liverpool's not even that far north. Like, I'm sorry. But they say, oh, we'll put one in the north and they put in like Grantham. And you're like, what planet are you on? <laughs> I'm going to not get any more contracts or commissions after this podcast come out. I'm going to be like blacklisted from everywhere. No, no not at all. I mean, the, let's hope that someone hears it and be like, you know what, we'll put one up in Newcastle. <laughs> or we'll put, you know, let's do a, let's do a workshop in, uh, I'm going to say in Stirling just because that's where I live. <laughs> let's do it. Genevieve, do you have anything to add coming from um, HarperCollins? Well, it's interesting for us, obviously, because we've kind of, we put our hands up and said when we opened our doors last year as Harper North, um, that we were kind of a fraud because HarperCollins has always traditionally been split between London and Glasgow uh, in the UK. So in that way, we're very much Harper in the middle. Location is a mixing pot and it's in its very nature, it mixes culture and class and identity and history. And it just means that every place comes out with its own flavor. And I think that gives you something then that cuts both ways. It's really important, I think, to readers to feel like their lives and their places and their landscapes are reflected. And, you know, it, to see that on the page is really important. But then equally, it's, it's something that we have sort of hopefully have built into our publishing is we want to then take that out to the world. So if you don't know these places, that you get that spirit of discovery and you get that journey. Um, but, 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 but as everyone was saying, it's not just about the actual writing on the page. It's then about the access, I think, to the publishing culture. And yeah, for us, obviously, we said, well, we've got to put our money where our mouth is because we said we're going to find all these brilliant writers from the north and we're going to take them everywhere. And, and it's been an absolutely massive privilege to do so. And we've um, commissioned some fantastic writers and they are kind of, it's kind of burning a hole in my pocket wanting to talk about them. And I know, I know our, our head of marketing and publicity will be kind of reminding me who we've announced and who we haven't. Um, but equally, I think it's important for writers who aren't at the point of publication. And the idea of us being in Manchester, which is very much it's our base rather than our destination. And it means that um, we can go out and we can have those conversations, you know, 
town and country, as you say, it's not just a metropolitan thing. I come from North Wales and, you know, everywhere felt a very long way away um, where, where, where I started out. And it kind of made me realise that things shouldn't be a binary yes, no conversation. You need to actually have those ongoing conversations. You need to have people around you at all stages. So when you lift your head up from that intensely uh, personal process that you've got sounding boards. So hopefully we will be one of those sounding boards and a, a route to market as well, because in the end, we're trying to build sort of, you know, commercial careers and a way to, way to people to, you know, pay the bills by doing this as well. Is there any, sorry, is there any like particular stories then that you look for? I mean, for me, when I, when I sort of think, what do I commission and why? Ultimately, the thing that I come back and back to is, is the voice. Um, it's that storytelling power, and that can be fiction or non-fiction. It has to be a voice that I want to stay with for, you know, for the long run, for the journey. Um, and I think people will often tell you there are only seven basic plots. Um, so it's not so much about necessarily the story in its broadest terms. It's about the way you tell it. It's about your perspective on it and for me as well that sense of beginnings and endings you know a story changes in tone and character according to where you jump in and where you jump off and and, and that way and as well as want writers to kind of believe in in the fact that they are the people that are making their book unique and special. Sounds amazing I'm just like thinking to myself each writer's voice is like so unique and that's something like that's so special to writing and journalism. So this is where we're going to wrap up part one of how to get into publishing. We'd like to thank our guests, Lauren, Bridget and Genevieve. If people want to follow you or have any questions for you, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm Devil Wears Tartan, but if you just put in Lauren Aitchison, um, you'll be able to find me. There's not many Aitchisons. And then I'm the same on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jen Pegg, G-E-N-P-E-G-G, or Genevieve Pegg, or you can find us at Harper North on Twitter or on our website, and uh, we're always open to questions. Yeah, and you can find me uh, on both Twitter and Instagram as uh, Bridget Writing. And now you can listen to part two, where Lauren reveals how she got in with Penguin, and Bridget talks all about new writing North. And I promise you, you are not going to want to miss it. So come on, come and join us for the natter. for joining us and why not give us a follow on social media over at northern natter we're on twitter instagram spotify and google podcasts don't forget to share and follow us to keep up to date and we really appreciate the support so for me katie williams and me katie baggett this is northern natter <laughs>